can start now. Yeah. Okay, good, because we're starting now. Oh, good. All right. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to week two of the Quarantine Podcast. Welcome. Welcome. Oh, no, this is me, my parents, and Liam Neeson. That's not yeah. the Re- name. Reporting to you live from the Quarantine Bunker. Uh, where we watch movies about Liam Neeson where he gets to be out in the world and he has been out in the world and we are home mm-hmm. yep yep staying safe from viruses yep I'm Daniel I'm Patrick I'm Carrie and this week we finally got around to my Christmas present <laughs> well first of all we have to do a little I think we should do a little intro yeah on this podcast it's an unscripted podcast where we talk about Movies where Liam Neeson is featured in at least three scenes. And by the end of our discussion of the movie, we will also rank it. How much peril is his character in? One to ten. Yep. Zero to ten. Zero to ten. So this week, it's Satisfaction. Yep. Came out in 1988. So this movie is as old as I am. This movie was not available at any libraries in our large nine-county metro area. Or Netflix or or Amazon Prime. So I bought it on eBay for let's just say some dollars. More than we should more than this movie was worth. More than this movie was worth. However, we have gone to theaters and, and spent, spent more money. way more money. I'm not the the movie mm. that we saw recently at the theater. Yeah. We spent, you know, eleven bucks per ticket plus popcorn. Yeah. So that was probably a forty five close to a fifty dollar outing. Yeah. Plus driving. So, I don't know, anyway, like, quality this... for dollars is going to be compl- complicated. <laughs> this All right. One, That's this... not what we're evaluating here. Correct. Good. Uh, <laughs> and, and I think we're going to have an interesting discussion right. about the peril. I have... Pulled up a lot of different tabs on my phone of all of the things I want to talk about besides this movie. First of all, the Zero to Neeson. Uh, Let's do things correctly. Pretty long. It's a good, like, 15, 20 minutes, I think. Yeah, it is. I would Uh think so. uh But you know when these the young people in this movie, these young girls that have this rock and roll band, when they get to this house with a nice front door and they are waiting to enter this house... We all knew that that was going to be Liam Neeson's house. We did. Mm-hmm. And it turned out to be correct. Because we're getting good at this. The <laughs> facts about this movie start at the very beginning because Aaron's spelling and, the fact, that, and the fact that at the end Beverly it said Hills 90210. NBC. Mm-hmm. Aaron's spelling and NBC don't make movies. They make TV shows. Right. Mm-hmm. This is Beverly Hills 90210. This is a very odd happenstance for both Aaron Spelling and the company he was working for. Because uh, this was a made-for-TV thing, wasn't it? No. It was made for theaters? Yeah. Oh, that's right, because it did have the 20th Century Fox it did. at the very beginning, in which I always want to sing the theme song. Yes. You've got to look this up, people. You know it's yeah. on YouTube. With somebody playing a flutophone poorly and the 20th Century mm-hmm. I Wikipedia's list of his works include for Aaron Spelling mm-hmm. at like the start of his bio. Right. Family, Charlie's Angels, The Love Boat, Heart to Heart, Dynasty, Beverly Hills 90210, 7th Heaven, and Charmed, as well as producer of Mod Squad Rookies in Sunset Beach. Oh A lot of things that He's are very for, well, well known. Right. <laughs> he holds the record as the most prolific television writer and producer in U.S. television history with 218 producer and executive producer. Wow. Forbes ranked him the 11th top-earning deceased celebrity in 2009. Wow. Well, wow. So he's done some stuff. Uh, this is not This is not a good one. This is not a good one. Uh, 
other people appearing in this film. Now, do we want to go with the person whose name is on the front or the person who we actually have something to talk about? I think this movie said it was... I mean, Liam Neeson got top billing. It was Liam Neeson yep. and it was Justine Bateman. Yep. Mm-hmm. They were top billing. Uh, yep. Justine Bateman has been in Family Ties mm-hmm. with Mr. Michael, Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. Mm-hmm. She was currently, at the time, A time in Family would... Ties. Sure. In fact... That's why this movie was made. It's not because this is the same character as was in Family Ties. No, no, it wasn't. But it was building but off of her celebrity. Her popularity. Her popularity. Sure, that makes sense. Uh, that says, was a really popular yeah, show. Yeah. I said her brother Jason, I admire her courage to stand up there and sing. You can bet her movie is going to do better than my feature, Teen Wolf 2. <laughs> now, those of you paying attention will note that Jason Bateman is also an actor, and in fact has done better for himself than Justine has. Some recent stuff. I uh, most notably Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Did she? Is she? Is Justine Bateman still acting? She's moved on to doing more producers. Sure. So she's still involved, but not mm-hmm. as much as an actor. Bateman took singing and guitar lessons, and she and the cast rehearsed for six weeks. Uh, filming was in South Carolina, though okay. it never really mattered. Bateman could not sing, but said. Luckily, we're just supposed to be a garage band because my voice is very far from Sarah Vaughn's. Do you know who Sarah Vaughn is? That's a familiar yeah. name. I had to look her up. And no, no, she no. She's a... familiar. Like rock and roll singer. Familiar. Uh, jazz, actually. Jazz. Oh, oh, oh. Sarah sure, Vaughn, okay. American jazz mm-hmm. singer. Mm-hmm. Uh, nicknamed Sassy and the Divine One. She mm-hmm. won four Grammys. She has a voice. Mm-hmm. She, in fact, is quite the good at singing. And she mm-hmm. died in... Okay. So, hmm. there was a timely reference there. Uh, other people who are in this movie that we may want to pay attention. Uh, Britta Phillips, who played Billy. Okay. Uh, she's done some things. She's done some singing. Uh, you may recognize her if you were paying attention in at this time of your life to this kind of thing, which you weren't. Because no, because were I had old. small children. Yes. Uh, f- for instance, if you had ever seen the TV show... Gem and the Holograms, ah. which I looked up. She plays a role in Gem and the Holograms. The role is Gem. She's Gem. Huh. She is Gem in Gem and huh. the Holograms, which, seeing as this movie is also about teen girl rock stars, it's quite apropos. Mm-hmm. Uh, she then, when they remade Gem as a movie in 2015, mm-hmm. she's the stage man. So oh. that's nice. Oh. That's a nice nod. So she's done some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is also Trini Alvarado. Who is the uh, angsty one okay. of this film? The drummer. The drummer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's done a couple of things. Uh, most notably, Meg March in 1994's Little Women. I was going to say. Hmm. Yeah. That's her most notable thing that she's. Uh, then there's this uh, person with a bit part role, uh, Julia Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> so, how much. What had she done before this film? Nothing. Seriously. Really? <laughs> She had been. She had two lines in something previously. That's the acting career. Uh, she had previously performed a small role opposite her brother Eric with two words of dialogue, filmed in '87 but not released until '89. I didn't know her brother was the wow. Eric Roberts of Eric Roberts. I've heard of him. Yeah, but uh. this was her first big screen appearance. Wow! Oh my goodness! Yep. And then uh, her first critical success was later this year in the independent film Mystic Pizza. Okay. Oh, yeah. And then in 1990, she was in Pretty Woman uh-huh. with Richard Gere. Uh-huh. Huh. Wow. Wow. Uh, 
She got the role after Michelle Pfeiffer, Molly Ringwald, Meg Ryan, Jennifer Jason Lee, Karen Allen, and Daryl Hannah turned it down for Pretty Woman. <laughs> no, oh, that she, was Pretty yeah. Woman. Yeah. Oh. No kidding. I thought they, they asked all those different people to <laughs> be in. satisfaction? No. no. <laughs> I... So how old was she when, first, when they filmed Satisfaction? When they filmed Satisfaction. Or when it was released. When it was released, she was 21. Huh. Okay. And so was Justine Bateman. Okay. So, yeah, these kids are supposed to be in high school, and they did. They, they were pretty close. They were pretty close. Did a decent yeah. job. Uh, let's keep going through some people here. Um, Sal, the bartender. Mm-hmm. I said we need to pay attention to him. Uh, a guy by the name of Steve Cropper. Oh, so he was the guy who was who did the music writing. Did several of yeah. the pieces. Several of the pieces. Sometimes known as the Colonel, American guitarist, songwriter, and record producer. He's the guitarist of the Stax record house band Booker T and the MGs. Uh, he's acted as a producer of many records. Uh, he's a member of the Blues Brothers band. Huh. And has been in all the Blues Brothers sure. movies. Okay. Rolling Stones ranked him 39th on their list of 100 best guitarists. How about so that? He's just in this movie. Uh, another well, person, but he also wrote a lot of the songs that they did. He did, film. which is probably why he was in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, another person that we might need to pay attention to is Debbie Harry, who played mm-hmm. Tina, and she was in a scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know who that is, right? So then it was familiar after the fact. Where, 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 where is she from, Mom? Who is she? Who is she? Isn't she a rock what and band? roll person? She is. Blondie. Blondie. Yeah. She is the yeah. Blondie one. She's Blondie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she was in it for a scene, mm-hmm. but that was interesting. I wonder why they stuck her in there. I don't know. She probably said, I want to be in that movie. I said, <laughs> okay. weird. Because it was the first person I could think of when we were looking at a, you know, girl punk rock band. Uh, Joan Jett's uh, I Love Rock and Roll was 1981, mm-hmm. in case we were all wondering. Yeah. So that had been established that that kind of person could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Have huh. we finished talking well, about this movie? The only other person, the act- the actor that I thought was interesting was that the uh, the Lorenzo? young the young man gang leader. Yeah, Michael DiLorenzo. Who? Michael? Yeah, Michael, Michael DiLorenzo. He has a bit part at the beginning and at the end of this yep. film, but I recognized him from mm-hmm. from Fame. Yep, he was a regular on that show <laughs> and danced with was Michael he, Jackson. Was he, he on videos? He was in Beat It. Was he and Thriller? The, Ooh. Was he in the TV show Fame or the movie? Both. Both. Oh, yeah, see? He was the lead dancer in the movie. Mm-hmm. I loved watching the TV show Fame. Just... Now, now it makes you want to just go watch a piece of it and I see I wonder if that's on the... <laughs> now that we're in, you know, we have home. We have to stay home. Maybe yeah, we should we try and binge watch up. that. Oh, I wonder if yeah. you can find it. I don't know. I'm going to look yeah. later. All right, so look. we've successfully managed to not talk about the movie for quite some time. We've successfully <laughs> managed to not talk about the Liam Neeson character so oh, wait, oh, wait a second. All. Kids, yeah. you need to understand <laughs> that this is really interesting. If you want to see Julia Roberts in her first feature film, go yeah. ahead and find this. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, Do not spend more than a few dollars on finding this film. <laughs> if if you know us, we'll loan out our copy. Yeah. So, and you have to look at Liam Neeson's clothes totally look like Miami Vice. Yeah, big he's, time. He's so cool, 80s cool. It's, it's, was he Miami Vice that, before or after? Especially he was that closing <laughs> scene. Yeah. And then... And you have to understand, Daniel said it during the film, there's no plot to this film. There is not. I there is there is character motivation in the plot. All of the characters seem to want something. Right. And that's good. But there's not obstacles placed in the way 
of their motivation Not to really. provide the roller coaster of uh, adversity and success right. that you should have mm-hmm. in a plot. It's it, just things happen and then the movie is over. And it's it's uh, <laughs> it's, it's a, like an MTV extended version music, music. video. Yeah. yeah, it's like they have a thing. And it happens, and you kind of go, okay, let's do the next scene. I... And then you have a thing. And then, and then say, they're okay, in a boat. Let's go yeah. do this other scene. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, on the soundtrack, I, Justine Bateman did record the vocals mm-hmm. I, with Britta doing backup vocals for her. And mm-hmm. the mystery is they had, like, regulars, not the rest of the band. A band. No, a the band. mystery was in that last satisfaction who Probably. was playing the tambourine. Oh, yeah. That's what the mystery is. <laughs> that was the mystery. But that right. was also the name of the girl band. All right. So, from the beginning, we got we to gotta at least talk about the base, the, what, they, the, what, they, what they want the plot to be. So, the movie basically... The girls want to be in a yeah, band. The movie opens on a very, very boring commencement. <laughs> no, Except we, for the end no, of it. I've given a better commencement speech. You gave a yes, really you kicking you, you commencement speech. <laughs> you did, and it's it puts every commencement se- speech, high school commencement speech, to shame. Second, second best, I think, was your cousin Jay, but that's a whole other. He did a really good one, if you recall. That's very true. Right. In any case, she's. We start off the movie with her being very like. I like to thank everyone for all of our hard work, but our hard work isn't over yet. We will be the future if we choose to be it. Thank you, everyone. That, like, I'm making it up, and that was probably better. Uh, but then it switches to her playing rock band in her garage. Somebody's to garage. To show that there's the dichotomy of her character. Like, I, I'm giving the movie credit, and I shouldn't be. <laughs> That's about all the... And then there, they had, there was a moral to this film that they didn't even realize they had. Oh, yeah, there was an accidental moral in the film. I. Uh, <laughs> So let's skip to the end and talk about the peril. We can't. We can't have end. it be that short. Oh, all right. Oh, Dan has principles. I see. I see how this works. So she wants to play in a rock band over the summer, and I want one last summer before I go to college. And okay, her two brothers, because her mom and dad are dead Gone. or something. They all live. Dad in, is dead. We don't know where mom is. And they live in a house and. They vote on doing things, and it seems like it would have been cool if that had come back later. It was yeah. The they, older brother was was acting like the dad. They set up this interesting character stuff with their family, and then never used it again. It was one scene, short scene. So she goes off, and they are applying to basically have a residency at a producer's house. They're going to be is, like the band at his club for the yeah, summer, which again is giving them too much credit. But it's essentially an art residency. I guess so. it's an art residency where you play at a club instead of make paintings. That just sounds like a bad idea for 17 and a half, 18 years. Yeah, so these five teenagers all go off to this... Beach. They Well, they go off to a club. <gasps> but you know what? Wait a minute. And the club is closed. Wait mm-hmm. a minute. I just had this, like a mom thought. Yeah. This is back in the 80s. When you didn't get arrested for letting your kids just go and do things. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, that's true. See, I used to let you guys ride your bike to the park without yeah. me. Yeah, we used to go get art residencies at clubs was, all the time. That was 90s, by the See? way. See? Yeah. Even into the 90s. And I didn't get arrested. Yet? Yet. My kids are growing up now. Yeah, now we'll get arrested for going out during quarantine. You, and you, have to, <laughs> you don't get arrested yourself. Yeah. 
Uh, in any case, so they go to the club where they're going to have their audition and the club is closed. And they think, well, this sucks. Uh, hey, we're going to figure out who, which guy this is and we're just going to go to his house. Wait a minute. What? They, How did they find the information? They ripped a page out of a phone book. Ah, uh, yes. Phone. The ancient technology. At a payphone. At a payphone multiple kids? times. Anybody kids. know what a payphone is? Okay, kids. <laughs> you have to Google that now. Payphones are what they use in the Matrix to log in and out of the Matrix, kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Payphones are how Tom Cruise gets his information in Mission Impossible. <laughs> Payphones are how uh, the Get Smart agents get to and from their stuff. Oh, dear. Uh, See, this movie was really worth Even before then, Payphones used to be able to make phone calls. <laughs> it's true. Uh, in any case, they go to this producer's house, who they find with ancient technology. His front door ancient. is open. They sing to his dog so it calms down, which is not how that works. It's how it works with that Rottweiler. The guy, yeah. the one guy out of the the you know the group of five, because there's four girls and one guy that they basically bullied into being their friend. But he was a classical pianist, and he gets into this guy's house, starts playing his piano. One of them considers stealing his Grammy. <laughs> then Liam Neeson appears through the back door, drunk. drunk. <laughs> well, he appears drunk. We don't he know for sure. He acts drunk. He asks, where am I? When told, you're in your house, he goes, oh no, I'm being robbed again. Then asks them what the number for the police is. It's... And did you see that cordless phone he had? Yeah, it was really... With the good. antenna? Yeah, he had to pull out the antenna and everything. It was a and good it was one. a nice house. It was. But, man, they really established at the beginning, I expected there to be more character development of he's a drunk who can't do anything to he's an, actually a nice guy throughout the end of the movie. Nah. I expected that. The problem is it jumped from he's a drunk to he actually knows what he's doing in basically the next. But the whole movie was like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The whole movie just jumped and then made these jumps. Yeah. And... So they get on stage. They screw up their first start they take a deep breath and then they rock are up. amazing well we sort of well yeah. ama- for the characters for yes, the characters they were amazing. and you know and compared the to the band before really liked them. the band liked them yeah, yeah. whatever whatever right. and what followed after that was about an hour <laughs> of things happening music videos over the course of a summer things happened no. nothing prevented them from being a band there was no, like, no. people would come in, like, they'd have individual problems, but no individual problem that spanned more than two. If that. If that. Mm-hmm. Individual band members would find themselves considering not being in the band, and two scenes later, it would be ba- they'd be back to status quo. It was, this was a tough movie to watch. And by Because the, I would kept rolling my eyes. And by the end of the film, everyone went back home. And the biggest change I can say took place was that one character had a new shirt and another character had a dog. (laughs) That's not what I expected to happen at the end of this film. No, that's true. (laughs) A new shirt and a dog. They had had some life experience. They had, but the life life experiences did not seem to have changed their characters in meaningful ways. I think that's, that's very probably true. pretty much true. Because yeah. the hero's journey trope is basically, it starts and ends with a character in the same place. Right. But the ending, they have changed based on the experiences that happened to them. And the place they return to may be the same, 
but they are not the same person who left. Sure. And that did not happen. Not and really. they, this group of people was definitely not the underdog heroes. No. These, there was these, none of that These people on. succeeded 20 minutes into the film yeah. and did not fail. Did, adva- did not advance of, beyond that. No, they did not do... They did not run into a better band that they had to practice to get on top of. They did not uh, possibly lose their position and need to do some wacky hijinks to get it back. <laughs> that would have been funny. Yeah. Wacky, wacky hijinks. Yeah, that sounds like a Muppet movie. <laughs> but there, there needed to be things in the way of the success of the characters so that they could overcome them and change as characters. They started out as a bunch of relative misfits with character problems, and they ended as the same bunch of misfits with slightly less character problems. But still some problems. But still some problems. Like, the the girl who got the dog is no longer is going to try to stop being addicted to drugs. But, but she has a dog. But she has a dog, and that's about it. Like, Justine Bateman's character is still going to go to school and not hang out with Liam Neeson, just like she wasn't going to do before Julia Roberts' character is going to not marry her high school sweetheart, just like she wasn't going to do before. But she's going to be in Pretty Woman. Yeah, she'll be in Pretty Woman later. Uh, the angsty girl has a boyfriend, so yay, I guess. If I was a teenage girl, that would be really important to me. Yay. Maybe this is a Le- movie for teenage girls. Liam Neeson lost a dog in a shirt. <laughs> he was a big loser. Yeah, I guess he, but he had a, great he had a nice in house and he had money. But that's and, not yeah. Carol. Yeah, but like, he's not a better necessarily a better like he is he a better person by the end of this film for having turned down well, sex with an 18 year old girl he he, Spoilers. Ad, he admitted that he was a liar and and usually lies to get things his way or something like that if yeah you know. but and so you kind of think all right is that going to change him maybe not no but like maybe, what, maybe what did he lie about why do we care yeah no, we didn't really we're care done. much no. Like, That's why I wanted to quit this podcast like yeah. eight minutes ago. <laughs> Sorry. There, when there's bad movies like this, I really like to think about what could have made it a better movie. What could have made this movie something that maybe it's not going to win an Oscar. Like we're not. Gonna, it's not going to happen. Right. But you know, if we're going to stick NBC and Aaron Spelling on the front of something, we want it to actually be good. That was disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know the right. the the wacky hijinks. The, them possibly losing their job with the band. Like, mm-hmm. if you're going to pay Blondie to be in your movie, mm-hmm. you should have her show up and be better than your band. And so yeah. you feel like you have to overcome it. She didn't do anything musical. No, she didn't. She just appeared, <laughs> she just was up. attractive, and then Intimated she was something had yeah. happened, and then that was it. I, how, how much do you remember of Scott Pilgrim versus the world? Oh, nothing. Not very much. All right. Because uh, that is also a movie about a band, and boy, I am going to forget the name of the actress, so I'm going to look it up right now. But there is a scene where they're doing Battle of the Bands, and it's like one of his exes, and she's in a band, and their band is better. Okay. And it's a little bit of, okay, we need to work harder so we can beat this band. Okay, and now, now like that. that's familiar to me, because I I know I've watched this with you. Because yes, the boys do make me watch these films. And I don't play bubble game when I'm watching, so I Sorry mostly about watch. That. <laughs> so, so I what need to remember who this actress is because I re- I can see her face and I cannot remember. All the people on the podcast are screaming the name of this actress. They are, and it's really going to bother me because I can't. Well, remember you can't who hear their voices. No, I can't. Is so, it going to come to you in a dream at what night? What about the peril? Oh, we there's none. The oh well, yeah. Well, was when no when Justine Bateman was 
trying to when he fell off the boat connect with him no honey she didn't have that any STDs. perilous no she didn't when he fell out of the boat that wasn't perilous no no because he did, could swim she didn't have any stds so it's not perilous there were no cops around not perilous nobody's gonna rat him out not perilous but you aren't giving him any credit to falling in the water no he lived he lived down the water he was he was a guy accustomed to water that was not perilous if i'm if i'm remembering my people correctly brie larson aka captain marvel is mm-hmm. the person i was thinking of who was the person who was in the band like and she had like blonde hair which was mm-hmm. like better at okay. being in a band and it was exactly who i expected the tina character to be yeah, the person was who was in a better nothing. band yeah who was threatening their position oh and sure nothing happened and nothing happened <laughs> no no in fact so much nothing happened that she was immediately written out in that Liam Neeson's character just goes, oh, well, forget you, attractive blonde person. I'm going to go chase after this skirt. In the same scene. Yeah. Yes. They in don't the even same have a scene, second he, scene. In the same scene, he says, she's, you know, she's just a friend and here's my relationship and she goes away. Yeah. Yeah. A non-issue. But her earrings were upstairs in the bedroom. Yeah. The, uh, that's that's code for what parking? I don't know. Well, <laughs> that's that's code for Junior Monopoly. Okay. All right. And the last side tangent before we get to the peril, because it came up and I had to look it up, was the Shell Answer Man. The sh- that's true. <laughs> what are you, the Shell Answer Man? Yeah. So, and I said, is that a thing? And the answer, yes. According to Wikipedia, the Shell Answer Man was a series of television advertisements. From the 60s through the 90s, sponsored by Shell Oil, in which answers were provided to common questions from the public about driving, with advice on vehicle maintenance, repair, and safety, as well as guidance to users of home heating oil. Companion booklets, a series titled The Shell Answer Books, were inserted into major magazines, distributed as free giveaways in Shell gas stations. There you go, people. Uh... Why, over three decades, why did I have no clue about that? Actor and announcer Don Morrow appeared in the 1960s. Vince O'Brien landed the role of the Shell Answer Man from the 60s and 70s. He described in a newspaper interview as being like hitting the state lottery. His balding, mature appearance made him an effective authority figure in the campaign. Nice. So this is wow. this was uh, the previous generation's um, Can You Hear Me Now? Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Or the uh, progressive auto insurance lady, Flo. Mm-hmm. That kind of a recognizable brand character. Yeah, that- Real life actor. Ongoing, keeps, mm-hmm. keeps coming back on mm-hmm. advertising. Well, there we go. I think, I can't imagine that you think the peril is anything other than a zero. Imagine. I can't imagine it. Yeah. Dan made that sound. Um, he's, he, why he like fall, he's drunk once, that doesn't count. <laughs> no, drunk on a boat at low tide. I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, where they don't have a moral. That yeah. was the, that was the moral, by the way, was when he was drunk on the boat and he said that the tide... He was he, the tide went out when he wasn't paying attention. He was waiting for the tide to come in to, and out, and yeah. then and he missed it. And he missed it. Yeah. And it's like that could have been the moral. That could have the moral of the your don't miss your opportunity. Your opportunity came and went, and you don't want to let your opportunity go. Except that wasn't the moral of the movie. The moral of the movie was <laughs> go to college. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't much of a moral of the movie. That's, they get to the end and it was not forget college. You got to take your opportunities when you get them. No. The moral of the movie was go to college. <laughs> I don't know. I thought my, my moral for today was always buy a weird Christmas present for your kid because you never know when the whole country will be on lockdown and you need to have a movie for movie night. Yeah. What are we going to do to get our last movies from the library? 
library open? No, Ooh. libraries are closed. All right. Is there anything I think else we, to watch online? I I think we've watched all the ones from the library. Well, okay. We should Let's say goodbye for the podcast. We should say goodbye for the podcast. Thank you for yeah. listening. We love you. Be safe. Be healthy. Be good. Thanks goodbye. for listening. Okay, bye. In-